Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Reflections from the Heart. I'm joined today, my name is Cameron Norris, and I'm joined today with Mary Dolan. Welcome. If everybody would have a chance, you can turn to your Bibles. We are in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12a. But before we dive into that, um, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. We thank you, Father. Uh, we invite you to be here with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. As we open up your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would breathe on it and the word would be life. We could see what we're to see, we could hear what we're to hear, and we could respond how you would want us to respond. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And Mary, if you wouldn't mind giving sure. us a little gospel love this morning. Sure. Um, this is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12a. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you, and persecute you, and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow, there's a lot in here. Um, we all want to be blessed. Um, and just starting at the top, I don't know if I really want to be poor in spirit, but it's saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. And blessed who mourn, blessed are the meek. Uh, it keeps going down the list. And then it gets to a place, um, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the clean of heart. And just reflecting on that, it says that the clean of heart, for they will see God. And I think part of that seeing God is, can we see God in a detail that maybe somebody else wouldn't wouldn't see him? Do we see God in moments where it's like, that's just the normal routine of things, but then you have those friends, or sometimes it's us, where we get to say, hey, that's God, that was God doing that thing, or that was God interrupting that story or changing something. And I think... Yes, it's easier to see that that was God when our heart is clean, when we have a clean heart. For example, we're not distracted by something else. 
but our heart is focused on him. And I think when you're yes. looking for him, mm-hmm. you get to see him more often. Yeah. And, and I think, Cameron, that sometimes too, if we're not in that place of being clean of heart, you miss that opportunity. Um, there, there can be a God moment or a God event right in front of you, but you don't see it that way because you're not seeking. Yes. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, and I think too, you know, something that fascinates me about this chapter is, um, you know, Jesus saw the crowds and he went up to the mountain and he spoke just to the disciples. I mean, there's so many moments where he takes on the crowd, right? Right. And it's, it reminds me of sometimes in our work where we, we need that extra training, yep. right? We need the, those that are going out to teach others, to train others in whatever field of work you might be in, um, need that, um, that 101, right? And, and I think that's very important that he, he, he went away from the crowd. And I also love the fact that um, when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Yes. Again, it's showing choice. Yep. Because they might have already been asking, what did I get myself into? It's, it's possible that was already starting to enter their mind. Yes. And I, I think along the same lines, there's times where, so we're all called to be disciples, and there's times where we get to interact with Jesus in a crowd. We get to interact with Jesus at a gathering. But do we recognize the times where he wants to go up on the mountain with us? He wants to teach us. He wants to pray with us. He wants to have some one-on-one um, discipline or discipleship with us right. or, or change some of our mindsets. Right. It doesn't take away from, is there time that Jesus still spoke with the crowd? Yes, of course there was. But it's also right. this time of... Right. Hey, get away! I got something else for you. Right, and and it's a lifelong process. I know myself. I'm in the stage of retirement, and you're never done learning. You're never done learning and being equipped. Right. Yeah. So I think those times when he takes me aside and says, "Mary, we have a little something to work on here." Yep. Um, is not just for me personally, but then as I go out into the crowd, which can be at the micro level, it can be just with my own family or in a, in a bigger um, arena, so to speak. I feel better equipped. Yep. Um, because I've had um, some more. Let's do some. Uh, sometimes, again, in our work, we need to retrain. Uh, sometimes we need to back up, even though we took the 101. Yep. I, I, I'm going to share a story. I was just talking with some friends of mine, they're, they're worship leaders, and they've been talking with their kids about. Uh, the kids were asking the question, how do, you, how do you hear God's voice? Or how do you know it's God? Or how do you see Him? Or how mm. do you... And it's mm. like trying to explain. It's like, uh, well, you know, you maybe it starts with an impression on your heart, and then maybe you talk about it, and then, you know, you kind of go through. It's like, you know, they're talking to each other like, I, I don't know, well, how, how are we explaining this? Well, in the meantime, they're on their way to lead worship for something, mm-hmm. and it was... The normal structure for what they were going to was going to be like opening up and then having a message and then having some worship time. And they really felt like they were going to start things off by going into a time of worship, like entering his courts with praise. So, you know, the husband and the wife, they were saying, you know, I think the song to play would be the song called Anything is Possible. And they're like, that was on my heart this morning, too. So then they're telling the kids, hey, this is like, you know, you're asking us, how do you hear God? We just have this feeling that this is God's plan for tonight. And, you know, when we get there, 
let's let's just see if if the pastor wants us to do that and you know do we bring it up does he bring it up you know we'll see because it's not part of the uh, you know what they expected to go into for their routine they get there and the pastor comes over and was like, I think we need to open up with a song today. Do you have any on your mind? And if you do, great. If you don't, the song's on my heart called Anything is Possible. <laughs> and they're like, get out of here. That, yeah. We yeah. didn't know how to approach yeah. it. And again, yeah. kids are there and it's a learning lesson. Yeah. And it just, wow. it, it turned into some spontaneous worship and it turned yeah. into just this time yeah. of kind of yeah. soaking in the presence and it turned into like a beautiful service. There were some different things, um, you know, people right. being delivered of wow. things and people praying for things. And it just went in a direction that wasn't what their plan was going right. into it, but it was right. all of these things. But then at the end, one of the heavenly kisses was mm. they got home and they had a package on their doorstep from a company that takes a Sharpie and writes a cute message on it. You know, sometimes it'll say different things. This time it said, anything is possible. Oh, my word. So they were like, all right, <laughs> yeah, kids, get yeah, together. There's yeah, a learning lesson yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, too, you know, that we use the terminology, you know, prompting of the Holy Spirit or just, like you said, it's such an important thing to think about um, because sometimes we talk to ourselves and it's our own voice, right? Or the world speaks to us on a regular basis through many different forms of, of uh, mediums. And... And I think that, you know, for me, I I look at you have a prompting and you feel like you should keep going this one direction. And then you have these doubts, and but then another prompting comes, right? Yes. And another one comes. I think that's something that comes with spiritual maturity that you're never done uh figuring out discernment, right? Yep. But um, you know, the disciples in this scenario um somehow were called right? Yep. And I'm sure there were other voices saying, no, really? Is that really what you want to do? And then then Jesus delivers this message. Yeah. You know, I think that it would be very possible after that message to say, ooh, what did I sign up for? Yeah. Right? What What is it? Now, he, you know, Jesus wraps this with some great news. Yep. His final statement is, rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. However, in the meantime, you're going to go through a lot. Yep. And you're going to go through it, you know, for the glory of, of me, but it also, I think, circles back to um, our reading of Scripture is where we really better understand on a lifelong basis who Jesus is, right? That's right. And if we don't really study and understand who he is, then how do you discern? Yeah. You know, you, you know your leaders, and then you know their voice, right? That's right. And and that's a lifelong process, but... Um, you know, and I think I think another thing, Cameron, that jumps out to me in this passage is I think sometimes we use the word blessed, mm-hmm. um, oh, without maybe a lot of uh, thought. It's a word we toss out sometimes, and we frame it always under the good. Oh, you know, this wonderful thing happened. Oh, that person's so blessed. Right. We always think of that as because they got this, they accomplished this, this healing happened. You got it. And and so you know, you start to. When people are going through, and we all go through different trials and tribulations, yep. so does that mean I'm not blessed? <laughs> right? I mean, I think that's I a you. really tricky piece. Yeah. And this 
in this chapter really takes you back to, he didn't say, blessed are those who everybody loves you because you're following me. Blessed are you because since you're following me, you're always fed. Blessed, I mean, yes. all the blessed are paired with trials and tribulations. You got so it. I think sometimes we have to really be careful. Yes. Even when I speak to people and say, I'm so blessed because I have right. my grandchildren. I am. That's true. But I think we have to be careful about how we use that word. Yeah. And you could even think of the life of the disciples, like, how did their life end? Do, do, we, blessed? do we put that in our category of blessed? Yeah, I think our our um, current definition of blessed is because everything is just wonderful. Yeah, everything and, fell into place. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm so blessed. I got the promotion. You know? Yeah, yeah, and so and then anyone listening that is going through a really difficult period in their life, I think the subtle message can be, oh, perhaps you're not blessed. Yes. Meanwhile, that's when you're so blessed. You got it. That's when you are so... That's when, when the grace of God is just pouring over top of you Yeah. when you're in the midst of trials and tribulations. Because if you don't see it like that, then you can also say, and God has abandoned me, or there is no God, yeah. right? Yep. You know, during the trials and tribulations, yep. in our uh, worldly terminology of blessed isn't perhaps, I'm so blessed that my dear friend was in a car accident. I mean, you don't speak like that, right? right. But yep. if you flip the meaning of blessed, um, so I'd be interested in your thoughts about that. Yeah, a couple thoughts. Um, there's, well, there's a couple things. Growth produces fruit, and growth also produces pruning. And I can remember times when I was younger and just talking to God <laughs> Heart to heart, things along the lines of, mm -hmm. I, I'm just a kid, I'm not much, but my life is yours. Do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. And this is when I didn't have two nickels, and this is what, you know, just all those things. It was, mm -hmm. Lord, if there's anything that you have on assignment for me, I'm just going to give you my yes and see what that looks like. And I can look back, and it's just a little at a time, a little at a time. It's a, hey, we got to work on that piece. You weren't obedient here. This time you were obedient this way, but it's this thing in your heart that happened right before you were obedient that I want to work on. And you have these times he wants to grow us. He wants fruit to come out of our lives. And then the result of fruit is more pruning, and it's the continuation of abiding in him he abides in you. And, and I'm thinking, too, about this, um, the way that this ends. It says, rejoice and be glad, for your re reward will be great in heaven. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a story. A friend was speaking on stage at a big conference and a, a packed house, and the, and the lady that was hosting the conference afterwards... Um, well, my friend that was giving this message and mm -hmm. got us huge standing ovation and all of this, came backstage, was feeling really good, and the lady who was hosting it, she said, that was cool. And he said, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Look at, look at everybody. They just got them fired up and all that. And she said, I hope you're doing things that you're not getting applause for so that you have a crown to throw at his feet, because Ooh. that was your reward right there. Ooh. That applause was your reward. Ooh. And like, do we live that way where... Every day, are we looking for things to do so that mm. the people around us or the people in our lives want to highlight us? Or are we mm. staying faithful in those moments, but also making sure today I'm going to do something that nobody here is going to know about because I'm going to have a crown to yeah. throw at his feet? Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. That, that's very true because I think um, as humans, you know, we, we like accolades and yeah. praise and yeah. good job. And, and those things do matter, but it's so true that the, the work that you do, and sometimes that work is that persistent prayer. Yes. For scenarios that are not resolved. Yes. You know, and 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 I, I think too, you know, it's interesting. Um, I came across um, a little uh, piece that my mother had had typed up, you know, the old fashioned typewriters. And it was that reminder that um, you know, I to follow Jesus, it, it's not like after you find out that it's all gonna be just wonderful then you can start to follow Jesus. Right. It's never worded like that. You got you know, it. it. Everything, if you stop and read the scripture, he he does remind you that that the journey is tough, but it's always framed with seek and you will find. Yes. Knock and the door will be opened, right? I mean, it's like, so it's always balanced with, with the reality and, and isn't that life? Because yes. I don't know about you, but I've never met anyone that hasn't had um, the, the good and the bad. Yeah. Right? Yep. It, it's just, um, so I think he's saying your spiritual journey is also going to be filled with the pluses and the minuses. And, but like, I like what you said too, that it's not, there's, there's intentionality, um, in the things that we go through to help us to grow. Yeah. Um, you I, mentioned seek and you'll find. Mm-hmm. So coming back up here to the gospel we're reading, it says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness mm-hmm. for they will be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. Focusing on that sentence for for mm. another moment, mm. hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm thinking there's times where I'm hungry or thirsty, and I don't really know what I'm hungry for. It's like you open the fridge and you look for a few <laughs> minutes, and nothing's appealing, and you go to the cabinet and you look. You know you're hungry, but it's like I don't know what I want. Or you right. know you're thirsty, but it's like I I don't know what I right. I, I kind of want lemonade or right. I don't right. you know whatever it is. Right. But this is saying. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's a clear, like, seeking you will find, what are you seeking for? Yeah. What What are you yeah. thirsting for? What are you hungry for? Yes. Are, are you seeking, mm-hmm. like, knocking the door will be open? What mm-hmm. door are you going to mm-hmm. knocking for? Mm-hmm. Like, are you knocking for feel good? Are you knocking for mm-hmm. or seeking mm-hmm. for, uh, I need to check out? Yeah. Are you yeah. seeking for, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just want to, I want to be more financially stable? Mm-hmm. Or are you... Mm-hmm hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's saying you'll be satisfied, but mm-hmm. like going after righteousness to me is going after the kingdom. Like it says, right. the kingdom is righteousness, right. peace, and joy. Right. Do we know what we're hunger and thirsting for? And and even mm-hmm. if we don't know, like consciously right. on like a spiritual level, right. we're just opening the word of God and diving yeah. into yeah. It. it. It it feeds us. It doesn't feed our physical body, but it feeds our spirit man. And how, how would you define righteousness, Cameron? What would you yeah. see uh, the word? Uh, to well, be a righteous person, um, what what does that mean to you? Yeah, good question. I probably need to pull the dictionary out. <laughs> I, I, I think I understand it maybe more in my spirit yeah. than I do in my head. Right. I think righteousness is that abiding nature with him where you could be around somebody and not feel ashamed, not feel 
like I don't want to define it with the knots, but right to do what is right, and and I think sometimes you know the whole um, moral dilemma is in our society today. I, I know that um, I was a school counselor, and, and I started many years ago when the movement was really um, called values clarification. And what that meant is, um, don't ever try to steer somebody in what you think is right. Yeah. Okay. And the activities were all centered around everybody can value whatever they want to value. Okay. Sure. And and so we know where that can lead, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. And I think that you know sometimes you know when you get down to right and wrong. Yes. You know it is so biblical, and if we throw that away. Yep. Right. Well, then who holds that definition? Yeah. You know because then your thing is your thing, my thing's my thing. Who am I to say that you're right or wrong? Right. Yeah. Where when you when you go back, you know, so many things in our society are foundational. I did life work in bullying prevention in the schools, which is really a scriptural to treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. Right. So, so many things I think in this world that we, when we do frame it under the right thing to do and morality goes back to the Bible. But another piece that I love, you called out that sentence because I know it, again, I'm saying my stage of life here in retirement, I've known many people that hungered and thirst for worldly success, Definitely. right? And because the world has strong messages that um, this is how you know you've made it, yep. right? And this is how you've succeeded. This is how you prove it to people. The definition of success. And I don't know about you, but many of those people that hit that worldly mark, I would not then follow it with that they were satisfied. Definitely. You know, and isn't that fascinating? Because what does it mean to be satisfied when you did decide, yeah, that burger is what I'm really, and you eat yes. that burger with the right pickles on it and yep. everything, you just feel satisfied, right? It's yeah. something deep within you. And I and I think our world continues to put out this message that this is what will satisfy you. Mm-hmm. And good luck, you know, and it, it, it's a strong thing to counter because it's thrown at us every which way but loose. Um, but I have personally never met anyone that hit that worldly mark and used the word and, and have demonstrated, not just me, my verbalized, I'm satisfied because look what I've done. I've seen so much heartbreak and dissatisfaction and, and just not that, that, you know, we talk about that God hole in our hearts that nothing else is going to fill. That's so, right. So that is that is beautiful because boy, don't we all seek to be satisfied? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's interesting because it says that God looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. How often do we look at our heart? Like mm-hmm. talking about this worldly standard of success, mm-hmm. it's like. Did you do that to make somebody else look bad? Did you do that to just elevate yourself? Did you do that to point people to God? Like, I think why we do things is mm-hmm. is part of Him looking at the heart. We get to examine our hearts. I did that for this reason. I did that to make somebody look good, to make somebody right. look bad, to right. prove something to somebody who thought right. I couldn't do it. It's right. like, um, yeah. where's the righteousness in that? Where's the, <laughs> the motive I, I, behind something? And I think, too, that, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, our human nature, we're, we're driven by ego, you know? Yeah. Um, it is about me, myself, and I. We, we start that way as a toddler. Yeah. And it's very normal for, um, if I hurt myself, my two-year-old grandchild would say, my hand hurts too, right? That's actually 
developmentally very normal. But then there comes a point where some people outgrow that, and there's some people that move well into their later years, and it's still about themselves. And and there's even a lot of research that shows that um, your blood pressure, a lot of things, endorphins, actually, you know, improve when you give of yourself. Yes. You know, when you made that friend feel better because you listened. You brought those blueberry muffins to the neighbor. You know, we're all in a different place. It doesn't have to be the, quote, big accomplishments. You know, yep. it's, it is a lot of times those little acts. But um, ironically, when you give, too, you feel satisfied right. in, in a way that... Um, Can't explain it. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just deep deep within you. And I think we, we all seek that every day. Yep every day. And, and it, it's heartbreaking when you look at so many things in our world today um, and you see that, that emptiness, you know, and, and the opportunity that we all have every day, you know, it's not necessarily to like, you know, I don't think we preach at people. I think you share what God has done for you. Right. Because you know what God has done for you and, and you hope that they come to experience that. But at the, at the, you know, barest minimum, it's sharing, well, this is what God has done for me in my life. And and I know what happened way back when I was in college yep. was because I did start to seek him. Mm -hmm. I did also realize he was real and alive. Yeah. Right? Yep. And this is how my life changed. Well, you know, were you just always blessed as a result? Um you know, yeah, through the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Right? It's not That's because right. I went that route that everything worked out perfect all the time, but even in back to these difficult pieces of being persecuted or um, mourning, you know, every single strong word here, uh, like you said, being at a place where you're not sure where the next dime's going to come from, mm -hmm. right? In all those, because you continue to worship and honor God, yeah. and you knew Jesus was alive and there with you, you didn't say you mustn't care about me right? because look where I sit, right? Right. Yep. And you didn't give up on him. He never gave up on you. And I think sometimes we have a challenge where if people feel like God is dead or, or, you know, where is this Jesus that you talk about? Um, you know, it's, it's a two way street, Yep. you know, you're, are you turning to him? And even, even if you're at a very base level, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. And sometimes the prayer is, please show me. Yep, absolutely. And and I think part of mourning is if if we can find a moment of time where we can offer some type of sacrifice or praise or worship in those times, mm -hmm. I look at those times as like in heaven, there's no more mourning. So we only have so much time here on earth to be able to offer that level of sacrifice where it's like, this hurts a lot, but I'm going to get on my face and just tell you, God, I am thankful for you and you are good and you are worthy. It's like, we're not going to get those opportunities later. And what are we doing with those opportunities now? I think, I think it matters a lot. And we were talking, you were talking a little yeah. bit about uh, the different things here. It's a great um, couple of scriptures, Matthew 5, 1 through 12. And bless everybody. Have a great day.
Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.